temperature test him. He's been hot. Can you believe it? Eddie's back. Oh, oh hail Eddie. What about this for ball inside? 50 control from nowhere. Control from 45 directly in front. The Blues are up by a kicky contest. Have a look at him. Back there for Cripps. Spins out of traffic. Through one. Pass another. Shows his class. Gets it back from Betts. G'day Bluebaggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. It is your host Jed Zetzer here and I'm here as I always am with my co-host Harrison Hyman's Bolt. Not the result we were after this week but there's a heap to dissect after what we saw yesterday. Yep, there is. Um, I guess the narrative continued. Another competitive loss which I'm quite frankly over and I thought Saturday was abhorrent in my opinion. It's interesting. The, uh, I guess you look at the responses from our supporters on social media and some of them are saying, you know what, we played, you know, okay. We managed to, I guess, match it with one of the best teams for periods of that match. We kicked badly. We had opportunities. We could have done better. At the end of the day, I guess... At the end of the day, we've done that against all the top teams and haven't beaten one of them. Yeah, well, I guess at the end right. of the day, you can choose that narrative or you can say, well, at the end of the day, we didn't win. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I haven't really I haven't really thought about what I actually think about the game yesterday because it's, it, it's a lot to dissect. I mean, so much happened. We were really good in patches. I thought the first half we played really good footy. Could not hit the scoreboard. Could well, not hit the scoreboard. Yeah, so I, the first quarter for me was fabulous. I thought we are. I actually thought we controlled the game really well. I thought we defended the entire ground really well, and I thought that was probably you know the best quarter you know of the game where we actually executed a plan until we were having shots on goal. I think Nunes, Petreski, Seaton, and was it Mackay in the first quarter mm. um, missed you know regulation set shots, um, and it just kills. It just kills us. You know that we were, you know, we were playing really well and we were trailing at quarter time, but from there on, I think we we're just holding on for the rest of the game. That's how I felt in the stands. That we were just holding on, um, and although it, you know, the scoreboard, you know, never, I guess, separated completely till midway through the third quarter. It just always felt like that next goal to get it to two and a half, three goals it was almost going to be the killer for us. Mm. Well, I guess. See, I mean, you spoke about the first quarter, six scoring shots to three in our favour. We were we were no, on top. No, we were. We were. And I think the second quarter as well. I mean, you you look at this game and you go, well, we've scored four behinds uh, in the second quarter, but they only had four scoring shots themselves, the Cats. So once again, I mean, you go into half time and we're one goal, nine, ten scores, and they're three, four, seven scores. So we're, you know, we're, we're behind on the scoreboard, but we were playing okay. You know, we had our opportunities. Um, it's just at the, at the end of the day... Just couldn't cash in on them. In any game where you kick five goals and lose, it's very hard to walk away satisfied. But I think... No, we, we're not satisfied. No, we're not. Um, we'll start, I guess, the analysis from the start of the day. So, scan the tickets and Liam Jones and Levi Kasbot were laid outs, replaced by Williamson and Setterfield. So, I think... I think we already knew, but yesterday was proof because it hasn't happened in a while where we've played without Liam Jones and yesterday was proof that he's irreplaceable. Yeah. He is irreplaceable in this Carlson team. It was just a hole and a half. You know, the control, you know, we know he's... As in, our back line was so undersized. It was... Our back line really, I say, no disrespect, it was a bit of a mess. You had Stocker and Williamson... You know, and I mean, Plowman on Radigalea, it's Stocker and Williamson playing above their height. I think, and I've seen a lot of people tweet this, give a shout out to our guest from last week, Nick Negroponte. He said after the game, you know, 
take everything aside, the, the defensive group could probably have a beer because they did well to control Geelong, considering how I agree. how you know not just undersized we were, but let's be honest, the caliber of play that they were coming up against were far better. Yeah, no, they were, and I thought we were organized behind the ball. We just broke down ahead of the footy countless times, but you well, know, for Stocker to you know we. For Stocker to go and play on Rowan, for Plowman to play on the resting Ruckman, you know, matchups we would not have wanted during the week. You know, they, they, f- they fought pretty, you know, gallantly against them. But, you know, and Weedering was great on Hawkins. Um, but Jones just, I think that element of, what's the word, almost comfort that he gives you when he's, you know, attacking safety. a footy. Safety. He's a safety net, Jones. He's brilliant. He's, you know, yeah, I think, you know, it was just proof of how far... He's come as a footballer that us as a team can barely survive without Liam Jones. Yeah. Imagine telling a Bulldogs fan that. <laughs> like, it's crazy. And it's credit to him. He's brilliant. But it was... And look, uh, and I think Casbolt... Do we know what was wrong with Casbolt? So, Jones had a sore back, I think. Yeah, no, I haven't heard, to be honest, what's wrong with either Because you would have assumed Casbolt was injured, considering he would have just gone to full back, knowing Jones was out. Yeah, well, I mean, the changes, I mean, you lose two keys. Carlton, this weekend, had three players who were key position players fit on their entire list. Crazy, hey? McKay, DeConing, and Weedering. Casbolt, Jones, Oscar McDonald, McGovern, Charlie Kerno, uh, Murkov. Omac. Yeah, I said, I said Omac. Um, <laughs> Pittanet. Mate, bloody... All Luke, the- Luke Mitchell would have got a game this week, a full forward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all those names I just mentioned, all out injured. I mean, it's just, it's it's crazy. We've been absolutely walloped by these injuries. Uh, I'm trying to find something on Casbolt. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard anything on Casbolt. Yeah, Casbolt ne- had some swelling on his knee. So that's, that's the knee that's, you know, supposedly been troubling him all year. Yeah. I just think look, I'm not going to say I was disappointed to find Casbolt to find out Casbolt wasn't playing. It just compounded the Liam Jones loss even more. Mm. Um, and then I think their replacements on Marchbank as well in Marchbank. So I think their so their replacements two guys that played basically every game in 2020 and have been well our two most improved players from 2020 came in. Well, I think I bet those guys wish they were living in 2020. Setterfield, you know, I've I loved Setterfield, you know, in 2020. Mm. I thought he was so good. I'm not going to mince my words here, but yesterday, his entire season, but we're going to speak about yesterday, he was dreadful. He was blatantly dreadful. He looked a shell of himself. You know, there was just no intent to go and get the ball. He fumbled. He wasn't clean. He was actually a little bit of a liability around the ball. And it's distressing to see that from someone that I think we backed to take that next step to form part of that second tier midfield brigade. It's so disappointing. Well, you go back and listen to our preseason, well, the season preview we did with Paul Barbaza and we both said, you know, this is... You know, Will Setterfield, he's going to explode this year. We truly believed that. And he, he allowed and you know us what? to believe that because he was so good last and year. And you know I'm negative Nancy about these things, but I was so bullish on him. He was he was dreadful. And you know what? He, he, he probably won't play next week. I wouldn't have thought. We'll get to that later. But, oh, gee whiz. He was just... Because he, he hadn't played since, I think, the West Coast game in round 12. Correct. So he'd missed the last three games. And dearie me, in, in, in the space of three weeks, not only have Dow and Kennedy honestly gone past him, he, not only have Dow and Kennedy gone past him, they're not even close at the moment. Mm. Well, I guess it, it's, look, it's interesting because I, I, I don't, I, I look at Setterfield and yes, he's he's not playing well, but he, and he'd know that. I mean, it doesn't take an idiot to work out that he's gone backwards this year. But I don't know. Wh- I don't know where to now with him. It's an interesting one because, like, well, cause, do we look at him and go, well, I mean, you know, is he a dud? Is he? I, I don't think he is. I still think there's that player there. I just think he's bereft of confidence. 
He is being he has been played on a wing, which is not his position. No. But at the same time, if you're being put in the twenty two, you adapt and you play where you've been asked to play. But this wasn't even it's not even the fact that he I understand if he's not gonna have the same influence on a game that he was having in the middle last year on a wing, but he actually looks inept. No, no, he clearly can't play in that spot on a wing. It's 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 really frustrating because it's interesting. I really I quite like him, but at the end of the day, if you ask me right now, off the if you know off the back of yesterday's performance, if you ask me what his strengths are, I couldn't tell you. I think he needs to put on size. If you're going to be an inside midfield bull, you have to put on size, and he obviously have to has to improve his defensive game. And those are two things. Setterfield's pretty sly for a guy who's been in the system for, what, five years now? Yep. So he's pretty sly. He needs to put on size. He he needs to have a huge off-season. He needs to have a huge off-season. It's a decisive one for him. You know, he comes into his fourth year at Carlson already. Mm. And Gave up a bit for him. And, you know, if you're going to go into your fourth year, probably off the back of, you know, ending the season in the twos, then for me, that's, you know, I saw... I think he's got somewhat got a few runs on the board from, you know, I thought he was really terrific as the season went on in 2020, but it's just, it's killing me. And look, he's not on the, he's not on his own either. But no, in, no, no. Wait, he's we, not on his own. No. But then the other one that came in with him is Tom Williamson. He's the sa- it's the same story. It's the same story. He looks, you know... It doesn't make sense to me because he looked comfortable at the level last year. I don't think I, I don't know if he looked comfortable at the level last year because I because he is a bit of a hothead who just does ridiculous things. No, sometimes. but he wasn't. But no, he was, you know, a safe selection every week. Yeah, he was a safe selection. But I, I think he looks lost out there. He does. You don't. I barely notice him. Mm. There's a few I didn't really notice yesterday, but he's one I barely noticed against Fremantle as well. But it's an Williamson. At a crossroads as well. He is. It's his fifth year as well. So they're the same age. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I still I still have faith in these guys. I think that... Uh, I think I've got more faith in Setterfield than Williamson. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a, ha- there's a handful of, uh, of factors that have to be taken into consideration when judging these guys. Uh, for young players on our list, their development in the last 24 months has been, you know, obviously... A nightmare. Let's put it bluntly. There's been very, you know, sporadic reserves games. Last year, there were, you know, rubbish, you know, 12 on 12 games, whatever it was. The development opportunities haven't been as good as they could have been. And I'm cutting them a bit of slack because of that. But at the same time, I'd love to see them. You know, we were speaking, we, need the, we needed that extra 10% this year from those guys. We needed to form a second tier of midfielders behind Cripps and Walsh. Which, quite frankly, on an, on the overall, you know, on an overall basis, we still haven't really seen mm. to comfortably say this is your midfield core group of six. So we're going to take you to Premiership number seventeen. We're not even close to that. We don't honestly right now. We don't have even names on the paper to say that this is going to be the core group that that's going to comfortably lead behind Cripps and Walsh. Well, they haven't. Well, we've got names on the paper of players who could be there. It could, but we don't have names. We don't have names of anyone that will be there. What do you mean? Are you saying we don't have the names yet? No. Are they? We we, well, we not- can't comfortably sit here and say we've got midfielders three, four, five, and six. Then you're going to take us to the next flag. Oh, it's, we we don't have. They're not they're not locked in yet. But I I think there's players in our list who could be in that who group could, for sure. Who could. I think Kennedy and Dow with the way that they're playing, if they put in another, you know. Obviously, it's been three weeks. If they do this for the rest of the year and they come out and back it up next year, for well, then sure. they could be but there. That's what I'm saying. Currently, we've got nobody who we can safely say, you know, you look at Richmond, you know, you've got Martin and Cochin going into season 2017, but then, you know, then after, thereafter, they locked in Prestia and Graham and, you know, Edwards and these guys behind them. We don't mm. have that second string of midfielders. Okay. Now I get what you're saying. We don't have it. Hmm. Um, it's it's interesting. I think, yeah, it's interesting. So we'll go back to the back line for a second. So it almost, and we noted it at the game, that it almost looked like we went out there with the purpose of minimizing mm. Geelong's output rather than, 
you know. Yeah, we were, we were speaking about this straight after the game on the walk back to the car. And your dad said to us, he said, yeah, it just looked like they went out there to minimize the defeat rather than going for the win. You know, it looked like we went out there with that with that type of a plan in mind. Um, look, I always think you go out there to win. But I, for sure. But I, but I don't think we put out... I think we could have put ourselves in a better position to win. I think that was as poorly as I've seen us set up in front of the football, I think, as I've ever seen. Because I say... I, I don't say that, you know, lightly. I genuinely have never gone to a Carlton game and just seen us so poorly set up ahead of the footy. It was annoying because we got a, we got a really good forward line right now going for us. You know, Silvani's, you know, had a good little little fortnight. Uh, McKay's obviously McKay. Betsano, he's a kicking goals. Like, we've got good players up there. There's good personnel, but they, I don't, I don't know what it was. They were getting caught too far up the ground because that's run back and defend. We were just set up so poorly ahead of the footy. And I think also, I think De Koning, was a bit of a, a bit of a reason for that. I don't think he was able to stick with his direct opposition for a lot of the day. I think there was times where I kept saying, look at Deconi, he's you know, he's backtracking, he's twenty meters away from Stanley or he's, you know, twenty meters away from Radigalia. I just think I think Deconing has definitely struggled over the last playing seven consecutive games. I think the last two weeks especially. So I noticed him lagging behind Darcy and Darcy's a magnificent ruckman, but I've I, there's definitely an element of fatigue in there. There has to be for TDK. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a young guy, and for he's sure. if this this is not let's 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 not get this mistaken. This is not ideal for him. They wouldn't have had it planned coming off a significant injury to no play this many games in this a row and, and be the sole ruckman as well. I know we wanted it, but ideally, in an ideal world, that's not the case. No, but I think in t- the the personnel we had out yesterday structurally. It almost presented an opportunity for us to be so unpredictable, if that makes sense. I think Carlton had to look at this and be, hey, you know, we're about to face Geelong with literally Harry Mackay and Jacob Wiedering and the Ruckman as the only Mm. three tools. Let's play a way in which Geelong's just going to have, they're going to be ill-prepared for it, have no idea. And I think we ourselves had no idea how to play without these guys that it was just so predictable and so easy to play against. Mm. You know, yet we could have turned that around and said, hey, you know, let's maybe just isolate H or let's maybe, you know, get TDK to literally ruck and go straight to full forward and play with H and get Silvani to ruck around the ground. Just, you know, I'm just shooting out ideas here. Just little things like this. You know, hey, let's get, you know, let's get Setterfield to go play in the back pocket like he did against St. Kilda in round 22, 2019. Just things like this. We could have, we had the ability to almost play with a clean slate against Geelong because we were so, you know, we're playing with a team that hasn't resembled the way we've played all year. Mm. And we just were as predictable as ever. You know, although it was a grind for Geelong, I don't think that would have been too difficult for Geelong. No, wasn't too difficult for Geelong. I think. Uh, well, you you speak about predictability. I think we are the most predictable side in the competition. It's it'd be easy to defend against, and it showed because Tom Stewart, I thought, was Geelong's best player, and he just chopped off everything. Well, I mean, you look at we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Every every time you know we lose, the opposition, the opposition's you know rebounding defender is always the among the best. As in Stewart, Henderson, and Tui took 31 marks between them. Mm. And I know they chip the ball around and control the footy, but that's ridiculous. That's a ridi- Tom, Tom Stewart is just, he's a phenomenon. Yeah, he's he's going to become a three-time All-Australian this year mm. in the back pocket. He's, he's incredible. He is incredible. I think he's the best defender in the game right now. I know he's not, you know, your big, bad fullback who takes the best forward. But in terms of just all-round defenders... Yeah, he probably I is. I think he's the best defender in the game. He's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy he's, how good he is. He's incredible, Tom Stewart. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know... And you're right. I think the forward line... You know, H still would have had four or five shots on goal off limited opportunities and kicked two of them. Mm. It wasn't H's best game. wasn't H's worst game. I thought Oes was really good yesterday. 
Owies is, yeah, look, you know, I'm a massive fan of Owies. Owies is brilliant. I think he offers so much. You know, obviously, he's an attacking player, but defensively, he just helps out so much around the ground. Yeah. And look, he missed a couple of shots, and they all missed. But, you know, it's not nice. But, I, I yeah, I thought Owies was great. I actually um, thought, yeah, I did. Um, and, you know, Bet struggled on limited opportunity as well. But there just wasn't much going forward. You know, Silvani was okay, wasn't, you know... Unbelievable. It wasn't an easy game for those guys. Well, just because the setup and just it was so. And every time, I guess, we tried to get a bit of rhythm going and take the game on, we just basically turned the ball over. You know, Newman did it twice in the first quarter, coming out of the back line. DeConning mm. did it. Ed Kerno did it. When I say they turned the ball over, I mean direct 20 meter. You know, Petreski Seaton did it direct 20-meter stab passes to opposition bang, and then all of a sudden they've got the ball 65 out from goal, and your defensive structure's everywhere because, mm. you know, we're preparing to advance here. And I just, you know, in one sense, it's great to, you know, do that, but the execution is just so distressing. Yeah, it's not where it needs to be at the end of the day. Um, but let's talk about the midfield. Where do you think this game, you know, fell in terms of the midfield? Who played well for us? Let's dissect that group. Alrighty, well, we'll speak about Sam Walsh. So, we'll speak about Sam Walsh. Well, clearances were 28 each for the game. So, and it wasn't noticeable that the midfield was getting bashed around the ground, I don't think. Yeah. Sam Walsh is, oh my God. I, I said it last week how I think he's a Brownlow Smoky. I think he's now a, a real Brownlow chance. I actually think he gets three votes on the weekend in a losing team. Can we read out his stats? He he went at 36-2, and two, eight marks. He's just a marvel. He's probably, not probably, definitely the most exceptional young talent I think anyone's probably seen to this extent, this early and consistently in their career, probably since Chris Judd. He's definitely the best we've seen drafted through Carlson yeah. in terms of draft picking. It's just, he's incredible. So, he had, as you mentioned, he had 36 and two goals and eight marks. His 36 were at 86% efficiency. I mean, that is just exceptional. Nine score involvements. So, I mean, I don't know. I think we only hit the scoreboard, you know, 21 times. He's involved in half of our scores. Um, you know, he had the four clearances... Uh, he had three inside 50s, two rebound 50s, 18 pressure acts. So he's been everywhere. He's 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 just exceptional. He's just ser- seriously exceptional. I can't. I actually can't speak highly enough of a player in the AFL right now than Sam Walsh. Yep. And he's and you look. You know what? Lives and breathes Carlton. You just sense it. You know he he will be the next captain of the football club. Yeah. And you you, and know, it, you know what? You look at the you look at the team right now. And yes, you know we're sitting. Where are we on the ladder? Thirteenth. Sitting 13th on the table. It's, you know, we're not where we want to be, but he gives you hope. He gives you hope. He, oh, he's exceptional. He is just brilliant. Cripper. So, look, Cripps, it was, you know, it was a crash and bash game for Cripps. I think the most, it looked like O'Connell went to Cripps for most of the game. Mm. I think for Cripps, what's most disappointing is, you know, at the end of the day, your second best midfielder, your captain, your superstar, really. Four kicks, 15 handballs, 98 meters gain. So there's no element of, you know, input really in moving the ball in a threatening way with Cripps. You know, Cripps didn't stamp himself on this game. Um, so he'd be pretty disappointed, I'd say. You know, he had seven clearances, so... We know he's going to do that. We know he's going to give us service. It, 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 but no, it definitely wasn't one of Cripps' best games. But, you know, it's, you know, he's obviously it wasn't a bad game. But we, we, we obviously need more from our captain. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, Jack Nunes. I thought that was one of his best performances of the year. I thought his first half was really good. I thought he made a few blues after halftime. But, um, no, I thought, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I thought he was brilliant. Um, but I've got time for Nunes, and I've always he's probably one of the guy. I'm probably one of the few that's always really defended Nunes, and I, I I've all, I, I quite like him. I don't know why. I don't think he's that good, but I don't know. I, I just feel like you know 
he's an okay player to have in your bottom four or five. Yeah, well, I mean, he I, I just think, he was more defensive, 100%. Yeah, I yesterday. didn't. No, I thought Nunes was okay. I thought his first half was way, way better than his second half. But he'll, he should, he should I, I never know these days, but he should be right for next week. Yeah. Um, interesting that Fisher didn't come in. Can we just touch on Yes, it? I'm glad you brought that up. So he played the VFL scratch match or kick to kick, whatever it was. Yeah. Weird that he was the only emergency named on Thursday that had no involvement with the senior team on Saturday. Now, either there's two things that can be drawn from this. Either he wasn't fit. So I'm not sure why he'd be an emergency if that was the case. Or he's just not up to it. Now, I know his form hasn't been great since he's come back. But let's be, let's be honest here. Without sounding rude, if Zach Fisher is the fourth option to have any involvement in the game behind Setterfield, Williamson and Cottrell. That's not nice reading. Well, I mean, I think with Casbolt and Jones going out, Williamson was coming in no matter what. Yes. To play in the defense, no matter what. I agree what. with that. And I think... No, 100% Williamson was coming in. Yeah, no, that was, that was done. I just think... You know, where you go Setterfield or Fisher. I don't know. I don't know. And you know what? I'm uh, let's let's speak about this now. I was going to speak about it later when we were talk. We were going to talk about teams, but let's just talk talk about it now. Um, I just don't understand team selection right now. I think we've got a handful of players who have played reserves all year, who are you know working their ass off in the twos, playing really good footy in the twos. You know. And I'm speaking of Josh Honey, speaking of uh, Sam Ramsey, even Jack Carroll the last month, you know, the first two of the main ones, Honey and Ramsey, I think those two have well and truly earned a call up. At least maybe, an opportunity. Maybe, you know, maybe not a call up if the whole list was fit. But you look at the list right now and every week it's the same players just coming in and out. It's the same little group of players coming in and out. I mean, I don't, I don't know what Setterfield did to earn straight up selection again. He wasn't. Like, I, to be honest, I think we both just assumed he would have to go through the twos. He wasn't. He wasn't playing so well before he got injured that he was going to be an automatic call up. Anyway, I guess he wasn't. But it's the fact that you know he was. You know, because he wasn't named on Thursday night. But it's more the fact that. He has come in. Well, he was an emergency ahead of Honey and Ramsey. Yeah. No, I know. It's frustrating. I just... I look at these two guys. it's bland. That's what it is. It's well, bland. Like it's tried. It's... It's... As as brutal as this is, you know, Setterfield's had a gig, had a gig this year. Uh, Cottrell's had a gig this year. Williamson's had a gig this year. Um, you know, I know he's just had a really good game this weekend, but Nunes... I don't know. I feel like there's a bunch of players who will come into the side. They'll have a couple of weeks, won't particularly impress. And then they go back out and then they just come back in and the cycle keeps going. It's just same old, same old. It's just like break the cycle, give someone else a crack. I I think I'd love to see Honey and Ramsey. I think they've both been performing so consistently the whole year in the VFL. And it would just be the biggest waste if they didn't get a crack in the senior side this year. What a waste that would be. This week, in my opinion, leading into the Collingwood game, is probably the most... I think this week's selection will tell a very strong tale of how the next six weeks is going to look for us. Does Casbot come straight back in? (sighs) See, I, I know we both don't think he should. Well, but I think we both know he will. Yeah. Well, there's just no one else. And you just know that David Teague, at every opportunity he's had this year, plays the two rucks. He plays two of DeConning, Casbold, and Can I be honest? Pitternet. I think my opinion swung. I, I've always said, no, we don't need the two rucks. I looked at DeConning. He needs a hit out. He needs a chop out. I looked at him on the weekend. Well, this is the state of the list at the moment. Look, we we're a hospital ward, mate. We are like let's let's make absolutely no like, doubt. I don't like the two ruckmen personally, but I, I can no, we de- neither I can, do I. I can, but I we got de- no choice, I mate. I can definitely acknowledge that Deconing needs it at least for a week 
But can we just can we just talk bowled, about our injury list for a second? No, no I, I get, no, I know it, I know it, but I, I just think these team changes this week. So look, I think there's a big change looming this week, and I think that change. I don't, you know, I'm not as invested into the, you know, I don't watch as much VFL as, you know, ever, as everyone else. But I've watched Josh Honey enough this year for me to say that if he doesn't come in for Jack Martin this week. Jack Martin? You want Jack Martin dropped? Mate. Jack Martin's form since half-time of the Sydney Swans game at the SCG six weeks ago has been nothing short of non-existent. It's been nothing short of just no involvement. He doesn't do anything. He he had, he had a pretty you know good game against Adelaide. I'll give him that. I but, thought he was good against Adelaide. But Jack Martin, <clears throat> I, I just think, and I don't want anyone to be the scapegoat. I just think, you know, we've got to, Take it for what it is. His form's not up to it at all. He's not adding anything right now. Mm. And I think if we're going to be half serious about selection this week... Well, there's got to be Josh- some selection integrity. If we're going to be half serious about it, it's going to be Josh Honey, some flair, some electricity, some... At least, you know, on the hope he'll make something happen. Because that's what Jack Martin's in the team for. He's clean. He makes things happen. He goes up and gets his own footy. Jack Martin, you know has the skill set to be such a good player for this club and his form has been terrible. And I, I think if we are really serious about, you know, bringing these kids through and, you know, setting standards for how we want people in Navy Blue to be playing, then a bloke who is literally a straight swap for him in the VFL, who's probably earned his stripes, you know, enough this year, should come in for him. Yeah, and look, that's a fair call. Uh, that's the change, I think. And I think a lot of fans would be happy to see it this week. And I think the other one that's going to, you know, go very close to finding himself playing in the twos is Lockie Fogarty. I think his form, you know, he was somewhat, was he dropped or managed no, against he, the he, Swans or West no, Coast? No, he, he, was, he was genuinely managed. That is, He was, okay. He was genuinely injured that week. He's, so he's gone missing a little bit. Yeah. And, and this isn't just a Saturday thing. This is a... No, 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 this has been building. This has been building. But I can, can I be honest? We've just I think, standards. Uh, yeah, we, I, we, should, we, we need to drive standards. We can't accept this. You know, sustained performances like this. We need to drive standards, one hundred percent. But I also look at this, and I, mate, we're battered. We we've got so many injuries. Oh no, no, I'm, and I'm I, not. Dis- I, I think there's a lot of players who wouldn't be out there if we had a full list. Oh, and I completely agree with that. For me, the, the the Martin Honey one, where it's a clear, direct, straight swap, it's literally like for like, like for like. I don't see why that can't happen, and we both know it won't. Off the back of reputation, no, nah, it won't happen. But if we're picking, well, let's let's make a poll on Twitter. Who would you want to see playing Sunday afternoon at the MCG? You know, Jack Martin or Josh? I'm very interested. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I just think. You know, the way that we're six and 10, so, you know, we're, we're not going to play finals. I just think for the sake of him, Josh Honey, he has to have a little bit of a run at it. Yeah, and I don't want them, I don't want them to bring him in with two weeks left. And I don't want to see Jack Martin playing in the twos in general, but his form warrants it right now. And I think when there's a bloke playing beneath him who can literally step in and do no worse than what he's done right now, do it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, mate, you make a very compelling case. Um, yeah, and there needs to be some selection integrity. Um, I don't know. It's Yeah, I, I think there's no ways Martin... If, sorry about that. If we were fully fit, I just think Martin would have had a, would have had you know, a bit of a break in between these matches, maybe wouldn't be playing right now. Probably, probably. And I'm happy to acknowledge we're on very limited personnel. I'm very happy. But I can we can only call it as we see it and what we've been seeing. I mean, you look at the VFL team, Bolt. They've oh, just know, they've just lost to the Bullants and Coburg. You know, huge respect to those standalone sides, but those are two teams who at full strength they'd be walloping. I agree. I'm not, you know, doubting that the list is battered and it's being stretched. But 
you know, these guys are still going out there on the weekend and playing and no, I know. We can't I mean, comment we, on we the need, way they're playing. We need to see we need to see we absolutely have to see Honey. And I don't want to see we've spoken about it. we don't want to see him for one week or we don't want to see him, you know, two weeks before the year's gonna end. We need to see him given a little spell. And Ramsey I can handle maybe seeing a couple of weeks before the year ends because you know, he's obviously hasn't debuted yet. He's hasn't been as close as Honey. Do you reckon he'll be there next year? Um, I think it would be absolutely ridiculous if he wasn't. I'll tell you why. I think we are that thin in midfield depth. We've just got such a... You know what? You know what's crazy about this? We've got such a big group of young midfielders who are just nor here nor there right now in terms of their development. We just don't know. We don't know where yeah. O'Brien are at. We don't know where... Well, I can we, tell you where O'Brien is. We, we don't know where O'Brien's at. We don't know where Philp's at. We don't know where Kemp, yep, yep, Carroll... Yep. All these guys. Yep. The one who has really put together a marvellous season in the VFL has been Ramsey. So it would be stupid to get rid of him. Like, if I think if they delist him, it just, to me, that just... and it, Especially if well, they delist him and keep someone like O'Brien. Yes. so It just wouldn't make sense to no, me. It's, so that that's would, that's, that's that would, not honouring performance. No. It's honouring where you were taken in the draft. Yeah, that's a good point. That would be a slap in the face, I think, to the whole VFL yeah. system at Carlton. I think... It'll be interesting what happens with Sam Ramsey. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think, mate, we've been we're being so stretched. Um, can I quickly read out our injury list? No, just, I think I, look, I think well, we all, for the people who don't know, well, we said the KPPs. Yeah, well, I'll quickly. I'm going to zip through it here just so that people who may not know get a full understanding of how serious the injury list is right now. Um, Mark Murphy, Mitch McGovern. Sam Doherty, uh, Caleb Marchbank, and by, by the way, these are only guys who are injured. Uh, Fisher, I guess you can include there. I know he played on the weekend, but he's been injured. Um, Pittenet, Cunningham, Charlie Kerno, Sam Philp, Jordan Boyd, Oscar McDonald, Michael Gibbons, Levi Casbolt, Will Setterfield is still listed on injury list. I know he played, but you know we'll just say him there. And Murkov, I mean... That's all the keys, all of our, well, not all of our, but a lot of our utilities are on there as well. Um, I just think at the moment, we've got a lot of, the players who are fit are really guys who can't play that much outside of their position. Our versatile players are all injured. All of our tools who are versatile are injured. I get it. And all of our versatile, you know, you know, your Cunninghams and... But isn't this all the more reason why someone like Sam Ramsey should have maybe got a look in by now? Oh, I'm saying, mate, I think he absolutely should be getting a look in. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think Ramsey and Honey are the two. Those are the two who, I mean, why were they not emergencies on the weekend? I know. It's, It's interesting. So I think the other one that we've probably got to touch on is Ed Kerno. Well, we've been massive. We, we've defended him all year, I think. You know, a lot of fans have been disappointed with him. And I think we, we got annoyed because they were using his age. Like, I think we sat back here a couple of weeks ago and we said he's far from the problem. Um, I think Kerno right now is not playing good footy, but could also just be a result of, you know, we're week 17, he just keeps going it, and he's old. He's not. He's not one of our younger guys. And the more the season's gone on, you know, with all due respect to him, his performances have dropped. Um, and my opinion is that there's no chop out for him. You know, maybe you know how old is Ed Kerno? He'd be in his thirties. He'd be in his thirties. You know, maybe in this season, you know, he would have got a rest if we were fully fit. What, what's your thoughts on Ed Kerno? He's thirty-one, by the way. Um. I don't think he's the problem. No, I don't think that. But I think I think his game on Saturday was very poor. I thought it was very poor. Probably, I thought it was probably his most disappointing week of the year. Um, he's just probably lost that touch in terms of pace, where he's lost that half and half a step, and he's you know just a bit slower. And you know, he's never been the cleanest football. So you know, once you lose that touch and you don't have that time, 
it, you can't even, you know, hide your ordinary kicking. I think that's his issue at the moment, Kerno. Um, yeah, he was he was he was actually really poor in the weekend. I, he'll be there next week, but he wouldn't want to play like that again. And I feel like he's the type of dude that would know that as well. You know, I think you know character's a really strong thing, and I think like Ed Kerno's got that. Mm. I think he'd be able to assess that game and say, you know, I was very ordinary on the weekend. And I think, you know, the last few weeks with Dow and Kennedy probably taking midfield minutes off him probably hasn't helped his cause either. Because, um, you know, we know Ed Kerno isn't nothing but a stoppage player. Mm. But, yeah, it was a bit distressing to see him, I think, so bad on the weekend. I just think he, he needs a break. I think that's, you know, you look at him and you go, well, he needs a break. You know, he needs, he needs a week off. But why does everyone need a week off? Well, not everyone needs a week off, but he's 31. He's probably starting here to season where he could do with the I week know, off. this is the third person in the row, though, that's needed a week off. Well, who, well, who are we talking Conning about? Conning and Martin and everyone well, d- needs a d- week d- off. De Conning's coming off a I serious know, injury. I know, but I'm just saying. Martin's coming off a serious injury. I get injury. that, but like... Kerno's 31. Like, I, I get that, but, you know... Well, I, I guess I, my point we right now... consistency well, hang and stability. On, does, does the team not look fully fatigued to you? Yeah. So I, I think it's fair to say some of these but guys like, need a week off. To, like, they, you know, not even they need a week. I know off, we don't have the luxury. They could use a week it. off. It, but everyone can. Everyone can always use a week off. You know, we had the buy four weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I know. I, well, we had the buy a month ago. You know, we haven't travelled in mate, three we, weeks. I, I could have told you. And I did tell you five minutes into the last quarter. We were done. We, oh, mate, we, we, we ran out of legs. I thought we were done once it got beyond 13 points. But in terms of, you know, a spark, a life, you know, we were done. There, was no, there were no legs left. I know. Was, but, by but that I, point, it was think, about minimalizing but I the think, defeat. I think system has a lot to do with that. Minimali- minimizing, minimizing, sorry. Yeah. I think system has a lot to do with that as well. Uh, and I've said the I've used these words a lot during the year. It's bland and boring. It's vanilla. Mm. You know, it's the same narrative every time we lose. Um, it's the same game. We're watching the same. That was the same as the Melbourne game, really. Maybe we're just a little bit closer for a little bit longer. Mm. It's like we're watching the same game every week. Um, should we move on to next week? So we got the enemy. We got Collingwood. Who, oh, so that was such, so we've played them already this year and it was a very disappointing loss where yeah. Collingwood went route one straight down Plowman for most of the night. Yep. And so I think we have to learn a few. So this is going to be a very hard game if Jones doesn't play. This is going to be- They'll t- bring in Cox if Jones doesn't play. Which would be an issue height-wise. Um, that would cook us. Well, think about it. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You know, him and Majacek, who's going to go and on Darcy who? Cameron. Mm, who's probably actually playing the best of the three. Darcy Cameron is playing the best of the three. And then, you know, so Carlton Collingwood is the is the yearly, you know, time for a Collingwood small forward to come and play their best game of the year. We see that every time. You know, Josh Thomas licks his lips when he sees Carlton on the fixture. Jamie Elliott does as well. You know, Dugowie's been in really good touch lately, but I'm sure they'll move him full forward and he'll kick a few. This is a game where it could unravel or it could be a really strong win. And it's a team we should be beating, which really pisses me off. I want to read out the players who played the first time we played them who are now unfit. So, obviously, Jones, Doherty, um, well, Gibbons, Pidanet, Murphy, Fisher, and Oscar McDonald. Well, so um, six of the starting 22. From last time round. But, but remember, the last time round we played them, guys like Williamson and Setterfield were seen as... They, they were still coming off that marvellous 2020. They team, yep. So they were seen as locks and they were, you know, they were they were stalwarts on the team sheet. Now we look at them and we say, well, 
you know, in an ideal world, they wouldn't be there. So this is... I think we got... Uh, mate, I really want us to win on the weekend. But I think right now, with the team that we're putting out there, you know, we're severely undermanned. Uh, we look fatigued. I just think this is going to be such a hard game to win. I'll put it to you this way. If playing in the team that's, what are they, 14th or 15th on the ladder nah, but that's is not- a hard game to win, then it just shows where we're at. Well, it's a hard game to win also because of the rivalry. As in that, games like this, I remember back in the day when we used to play Essendon, no matter who was where on the ladder, anyone could win. There were games where one was around the top, one was around the bottom, the bottom one won. Like these these rivalries, they're more, they're more than just, you know, your average Carlton versus, you know, take a, a non, you know, Geelong, for example. This would be a terrible loss. It would be a terrible loss, but I just think... Well, hang on. Who's a team around Collingwood on the ladder? Us. <laughs> Other than us. Gold Coast? Yes, I mean, we... But that's the thing. We beat Gold Coast and we beat Adelaide. That's not, we've been beating these teams. We've been beating yeah, these so teams. For us, but Collingwood feels different, does it not? Well, it feels different because they're playing probably better footy than us at the moment. Yeah, that's fair. That's why it feels different. You know, their last month or so... Well, they're playing with confidence, mate. You look at them today. They smashed Richmond in that last quarter. They're, they're playing with confidence. You know, they're, they're, they're looking quite good. Well, just a sense of direction, I guess. Well, not, di- not, not direction in terms of, you know, this is the team that's going to take us to their next flag. They're just playing with a sense of coherence. Mm. Um, I don't know. So, and I guess we may as well chat about it. So, during the week, it was announced at Hawthorne that Alistair Clarkson will be stepping aside at the end of 2022 and Sam Mitchell will be coaching. Yep. And I guess now, obviously, that was naturally always going to turn its attention towards Carlton with the David Teague situation. And whether... So, it's a really tricky one because obviously Teague's contracted to the end of next year. Mm. And obviously, David Teague's coaching an underperforming team at the moment with underwhelming results. And... It's look, my question is: Do we think it's a tough one? So Clarkson's adamant that he'll be there at Hawthorne. You want to ask year. if Clarkson's going to take Teague's job? Well, it's more the fact that do you think I, I think Carlton are only going to part ways with David Teague this year if Clarkson's there for twenty twenty two? You think that is the only circumstance? And Otherwise, f- he will coach us next year. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. And for me, how, that's the fact that you would openly, if you were confident that David Teague, if you're the board, if you're Luke Say, I'll get to Luke Say's in a second. But if you're the board and you 100% think David Teague's the man that's going to take you, because if if you're not 100% certain that this guy's going to take you to the next flag, then you shouldn't be coaching. So if they're 100% confident that David Teague's the man and he should be the coach of Carlton, then you wouldn't even entertain the thought of Alistair Clarkson. Nah, but that's unfair. Although it's Alistair Clarkson. Nah, but that's unfair. Because I think if you, if you went to most teams in the AFL and said, here's Alistair Clarkson, do you want him or not? Everyone would say yes. Of well, not, ev- not everyone, but most teams would say, oh, hang on a second. But Thank you very much, whoever the coach is. You've done a fantastic job, but we've got the GOAT available. But like I... I, I agree with that as well, but I don't think, you know, Freo would... Especially looking at a vulnerable team like us. But I'm just saying, I, I don't think, you know, Freeman will say Justin Long, you are, you know, adios. I think the only teams that would honestly entertain that thought are the teams, are the three teams with coaches under the pump, which are David Teague, Leon Cameron, and Stewie Jew. And obviously Collingwood, but there's, they've already got rid of theirs. Yes. Yeah. So... I just think that, and so Luke says, this is probably going to be the first decision of Luke's, this is going to be the first decision of Luke says tenure, what to do, how to approach the coaching, not what to do, how to approach the coaching situation. And this has the ability to be the best thing he could ever do for himself or the worst thing. I'm, I think Clarkson will actually coach him in 2022. 
Coach Hawthorne. Coach Hawthorne. Yeah. No, well, he will, I think. A lot of people seem to think he's gettable. If you can give him, I guess, the security of a contract going forward to see. Well, Caroline coach. Wilson's got a... She's got a fair run behind behind her of, you know, accurately predicting things well in the future. Did she not come out and say at the beginning of this year that Carlton had already tried to speak to Clarkson? I'm sure. And then Little came out and actually responded to it publicly and... And it didn't he in that press conference or something or I don't yeah. know, at least to stay or some something I, and ruled it out. I, th- I just think the whole David Teague situation is reminiscent of where Carlton are at in the middle of bloody nowhere. Because mm. we don't know. <laughs> I think it's almost like half of me thinks Carlton really want him there for 2022 and half of me thinks they really don't want him there. I think everyone, you know, at the end of the day, we don't want to see people fail. And David Teague, you know, I think has done nothing but try. So we don't want to see him humiliated, you know, publicly or anything. Because there's always a media shitstorm when the you know around the Carlton coaching mm. job. But I just think that we're, I think as a club, we're a little bit because we've done this, we've been here before. I just think we're almost. Have we ever? I just think we're almost a little bit apprehensive to go through this again and show the world that yes, we got it wrong again. And I think that's might save Teague into next year. Mm. It's one of those things where, like, if if you ask Carlson, would you sack David Teague if no one in the world found out? They'd be like one hundred percent. Do you get what I mean? Get what you mean. I think. I think. And I think this whole Clarkson spanner in the works now has thrown a curveball at this because they would have just probably waited for Clarkson to go out to become out of contract naturally. Mm. And now there's a, oh, hey, do we jump at this? But then there's the whole, hey, if we're having these thoughts, should David Teague be there anyway, regardless of if, of if it's Clarkson or not? Yeah, I don't, I don't like this whole situation, to be honest. I, I don't like it one bit. Um... Because- I go back to what Ben Dixon said. That's that's where I'm sitting in my head right now. I go back to that and I actually agree with him. I think, you know, Teague's greatest asset is his coaching. You know, they love, you know, he's a people's person. He, They believe he can, you know, make genuine connections with this group. And I think last year, mate, last year, we were going well. Like second half of last year, you know, I look back at that night we beat the Gold Coast and, you know, Cripp shouts the Blues are back. Like, that. that's, to me, I do believe Teague can coach this team. I just think, you know, some teams need a coaching director, some teams don't. I think we obviously do. I think he needs help. He needs more help around him. You know, we need better assistance. You know, we need, we need to form a stable group around Teague so that all he needs to do is literally just coach. You know, that's his greatest asset is is what they've said. Do you think he can coach the next flag? I look at Damien Hardwick and I look at... Uh, who was the other one? Um, anyways, just let's say Damien, Damien Hardwick. I think it's similar. Well, Maybe I'll, t- a I'll, tell, you why, I'll tell you why it's not similar. Because Damien Hardwick was in, you know, the sinking ship at the end of 2016. Damien Hardwick had played finals in 13, 14, and 15. You know, Damien Hardwick had three f- consecutive When finals. did Damien Hardwick start at Richmond? 2010. So, I know he'd, have, he'd had way more time. So, I think give Teague a couple more years, like Hardwick was given a couple more years initially. Well, no, because Hardwick built that team. You could see the no, growth no, there early. I know, I know. They just got... They got to a... He was going brilliantly, and then they... Missed the finals after three years in a row, and they're like, "Oh my god, like what's happening here?" And they mm. backed him in. So I think it's a little bit different. No, it is different in that sense. Teague's I don't got know. at the end of the day, Teague's got nothing to show for his work. I know. We've I digressed. Just... We've but we've digressed not from a position of height, from a position of mid-table. Mm. So oh. I don't know. I think. I think we're sitting in a really weird position, to be honest. Well, we are. We're sitting in a position where, where- it could go either way here. Where we've really got the pieces in place 
to really advance and make finals and make something of this of this football club. But the right we've we've now hit a point in the road where it's like every decision from this point needs to be right. I think that um I think that there's no leniency anymore. You know, the football club absolutely has to nail you know everything that they do from this point onwards to to make this a success. Um, I just think you know we've used up all of our chances. You know we've got no more lives left. You know this is this is do or die right now for the football club. Um, and I think Teague will definitely be there next year because I I also think we're going to win. You know four of our last six games. Um, I do think we'll beat North. I do think we'll beat Gold Coast. I do think we'll beat one of Collingwood or St Kilda. So that's three, and possibly both of them, which is four. Yep. So I th- sorry, we've got five games. And then there's GWS. So sorry, I think we're definitely going to beat North and Gold Coast. And I would like to hope that you win two out of those other games, which are against Collingwood and, as and fun as GWS and Port. And as fun as that sounds, to finish the year potentially ten and twelve. The best team we're going to beat all year is Fremantle. No, no, I understand that, but I'm I'm talking purely about Teague being there next year. I think that would be seen as finishing the season strongly, and I think that that'll probably save him. Yep, and it very well could, and it probably very well will. I'd like to see big chat. Uh, you know what I'd like to see? This is what I'd like, and we're speaking as if the season's over, so apologize for that. But I'd just like to see a lot of change in the off-season. I want us to be brutal. You know, we always go back to the old saying, good football clubs make hard decisions. You've always said that, Bolt. Yeah. I just think right now, we need to make hard decisions. You know, get rid of the... You know, Carlson is seen as a pretty nice club, I reckon. Back in the 90s, we were seen as pricks. Everyone who didn't go for Carlson hated Carlton. I just view us as a laughing stock. Uh, people laugh at us. Because we of what we were and what we are. Oh, yeah. But I think, if you, as I say, you go back to the 90s and some of our listeners who have lived through flags will be able to agree with me here. I haven't lived through a flag, but I'm definitely, you know, well informed of how we, you know, used to be perceived. I think we used to be perceived as pricks from everyone else, but that's not a bad thing. It's just a good thing because, you know, it's win at all costs. Yeah. Right now... I think we're seen as a nice team. I don't think, you know, I don't think we're seen as ruthless or bullish or, you know, I want us to be seen as a ruthless football club. Do whatever it takes. I don't think right now we're doing whatever it takes. I think there's a lot of play, and it goes back to just basic team selection. There's a lot of players in the team who probably don't deserve their spot right now as we speak who are in there, and there's players on the outside in the VFL, as we've mentioned, who are working really hard, who do do deserve a spot. Um, But... Let's quickly go on to team changes for this week. So, presuming... Let, let's go by Jones will come back in. Let's go by Jones and Casbold are both fit. Okay. If they're both fit, I think I would have the changes at Jones, Casbold, Honey. I'll start with those three into the side for literally Williams, Williamson... So Williamson, sorry. Yep. Setterfield and Martin. I think that's where we start. Well, that's what you would do. Do, you think, what, do you think the club will do that? I don't know if the club's got it in them to drop Jack Martin. I don't know. I don't know if they've got it in them. And then I think the other forthcoming change, you know, do we play Zach Fisher? It's hard to say they will off the back of, you know, the fact that he was behind Cottrell. You know, in terms of pecking order on the weekend. So. We did call for that, by the way, though, last week. We did say Fisher, no, we did say I, Fisher doesn't deserve to come straight I back agree. in. And I agree. And, I, and, I, and I'm not disappointed that he wasn't named on Thursday night. Yeah. But I, th- I just think it's concerning that the fact that, you know, you've got no, 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 three, no, no. you know, plays number 23, 24, 25. Mm. And, you know, he's 26. Um, does Fisher come in? I'm not sure if he does. If he does, take your pick, Fogarty, Petrovsky, Seedon, I reckon. Mm. I think... But I think uh, those three changes is how I'm rolling. I'll go with what I think they'll do. I'm not going to go with what yeah. I would do. I just, I think, I 
think this is what they'll do. Um, I think it'll be Jones, Casbolt. I don't know if... Ha oh. It's so tough. It's so tough. I think it'll be Jones, Casbolt, Williamson. Sorry. Going, yeah. Mix this up completely. Jones and Casbolt in. Williamson and Setterfield out. I think that we can safely say will happen. Yep. Those two for those two. Outside of that, I think, yeah, I think Fogarty probably needs a spell in the twos. He only had seven on the weekend. And you know I'm a big fan of Fogarty. I just think he's, you know, truly out of form right now. Uh, he needs to have a spell. Bring Honey in. You're not going to lose anything by doing that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the other one's really interesting. You know, you know, looking at this team, Martin would have to be the next one out. They, they won't drop Petrovsky Seedon. Can we talk about him, by the way? What were your thoughts on his game? Samo. Yeah. Same as what I always think. Just a lot of nothing. I think his stats read well from the weekend. You know, he kicked a goal, had 17 touches. Took it. He did take an amazing overhead mark in the first yeah, quarter. 18 pressure acts, um, two tackles, clearance. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, th I, I think know. He doesn't get me that excited. I think this is... He plays... This I think this is better than what, what we were seeing, though. Yes. He just plays fine games. He doesn't do anything to leave me leaving the MCG thinking, gee, he played well. You know what's funny, though, about this? I think if he was playing like this in a really good team, I think we'd just think so differently about him. I you reckon? Think, I just think it's the fact that we're so poor. I don't think you get a game in a good team. I'm saying if we were really good yeah. and he was performing like this and it was and it was in the team performing like this, I think we'd look at that and go, yeah, Samo kicked a guard 17, didn't make that many errors. Because he doesn't make that many errors. He just doesn't do a whole heap. He's just... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He does a lot of nothing. Anyways, um, yeah. I think he'll stay in. No, I, I think he will as well. Um, yeah, I, I think it's tough. I think... I think it's probably just going to be the two for the two, like we said. And I think Fogarty is now the one who will probably go out for Fisher. I think it'll be Fisher, even though it should be Honey and Ramsey. But also, it says here Zach Williams missed the end of the match. Do we know what that was about? Probably couldn't be stuffed. <laughs> um, what was it? Do we know what it was, it, what it was about? He had praise at 6 at 7.30. I've got no idea. Um, I, don't, I don't like talking about him at the moment. Do you hear what Phil Davis said about him? Yep, that he never liked a pre-season. No? That's what he said. That he was never the pre-season specialist. I'm reading a completely different thing. What'd you read? Phil Davis on Zach Williams. I see all the attributes that I love in a midfield. He's dynamic, a great ball user, and a great decision maker for me. He was one of the really great players I got to play with. I've got a huge amount of respect for him as a player. So I read a quote, probably from the same interview, and the quote was, he was never the preseason specialist. He went on to say, he's not naturally gifted, but we played him halfback and pinch hit in the midfield. He played that prelim and was outstanding. It sounds like due to calf niggles, he couldn't get the preseason under his belt that he would have liked. I always think it's funny whenever someone goes from Sydney to Melbourne, the spotlight is always a bit brighter. Zach was... Oh, true. Zach was never the preseason specialist, even up in Sydney. But I think there, he's talking about injury-wise. He was never really yeah. able to have one. That, yeah, I don't he's, think he's... He's just frustrating. So, yeah. Going to be very interesting this week, Bolt, with team changes, isn't it? It's a big week. I bloody hope we win, because... It was not going to be a nice afternoon of the football. It's not going to be nice if they lose. We need a we need a win. We need we need. I feel like we've just slogged through this. Probably sounding so depressed, but um no, we 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 need to. Uh, Saturday was just, you know, it was reminiscent of what the season's been. Just dull. Big week. Lifeless. Big week. Big week. Must win at all costs. Swing the axe. Do something, you know. I want to look at. I want. I want to. I want to go to the game on Sunday, and say the football club made a hard decision this week. Darcy Moore's not playing at least, which is a good start. Is he out? He's in, out for the year, injured. Jeez. 
It hasn't played for a bit. It hasn't played at the Queen's birthday, I think. Who's going to match up on H? Um, probably Roughhead. Mm. It's crazy. I was, spe- I was spe- just before we end the show. I was speaking to you before about it. We've got the most. We've got the likely Coleman medalist. We've got the likely All Australian fullback, and we've got a Brownlow contender. Yep. In our team, and we just we're just not playing like it. We're not playing like we've got those attributes at our disposal. We've got assets. Assets, yeah, not attributes. What no, are I saying? No, we've, yeah, we've, yeah we've attributes, got, yeah, assets, same we've thing. We've got assets. We've got the assets at our disposal, and it just doesn't. We're not playing like it. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to see something change this week. I'd love to see some creativity in the coach's box. Just something, see something a little bit different. Bolt, we'll call it there. I think we've covered everything. Covered all grounds. Um. Best and fairest is shaping up. Yes. Just before we end, let's end it on a nice note. Okay. I thought Sadi was very good on the weekend. Oh, you know I love Sadi. He's a gun. I love Sadi. He's an absolute gun. Perfect. He's sitting top uh, top three, I think, in our BNF. Yep. I, need, I need to calculate the votes after this week. And I've been leaving uh, the votes off Twitter for a little bit. I'm going to maybe put them back on this week. I think it's good to have a little bit of... Uh, mysteriousness going into the end of the season. Maybe we'll ask our followers to tip who they think will win it. But uh, yes, Sard's polled very nicely. Bolt, we'll do it all again next week. And hopefully... It needs to be four points. Hopefully it's after four points. It's a huge game. It's a huge game because just we've got to remember as well, uh, if we don't get the W, we probably drop behind Collingwood on the ladder. Nasty. Which would be nasty. Well, thank you very much. Another week in the books. We need a W. We need one desperately. And I bloody hope we can win it on Sunday. Blue Baggers, thank you very much for tuning in to another edition of the Blues Footy Podcast.